Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Sean, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, ESPN2, Sirius XM Channel 80. Say play ESPN, we pop up on your smart speakers, download the podcast. Morning, Key. No. Morning. What's going on? Have a good uh, have a good morning and all that? Very good morning. Must be a different set of producers in the uh, control room there because I certainly heard a different style music not that i am against it i just can't identify the song can you different huh can't identify the song because i i don't know who did that song i don't know what it's called yeah, never it's, heard uh, it before hi guys it's it's james i think you probably knew that uh <laughs> yes yeah it was the foo fighters yes you have a signature the yeah, foo yeah, fighters yeah. yeah i mean i am who i am that's uh, yeah, that's it, all no. i am i don't know how no, many dudes good. are in the foo fighters i don't know what they look like i never heard anything it they was made. A, it was a, a perfect song for an individual walking out of a club at 3 a.m. in the morning. A bar, better yet. Yeah, bar. At 3 a.m. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. a bar. Yeah. Well, if they walked out of one on New York City streets this morning, Key, oh, it's icy. You got, for real, I think you could do it on ice skates out there right now. I tried to, I tried to skate it. When I first got outside, I tried to think, oh, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to be slick. I'm going to skate it. You know, as so, soon as I did, psh- had to catch myself. Back went out. Then taking little baby steps. You know those little sh- little baby steps. It, it, it is crazy out there this morning. I'm sure it's dangerous and everything else. It's not. It's not that bad. I, I mean, it's a little cool out here. It's 30, 35 right now. Thirty five in L. A. Yeah, but it's three a.m. in the morning, Max. But thirty five. I can't remember it being thirty five yeah, when I lived 30, out there. Thirty five. But it's, it's fine. I mean. It'll be probably 60 by the time I leave the building. Yeah, that's the thing about L.A. So, uh, NBA, we heard the sound coming in. DeRozan did it. I mean, it's not like he broke a record, right? But he became the seventh the seventh player with 35. What was it? He had, he had 37 points last night. But the seventh player to have eight straight 35-point games, which is nuts since he's getting them two at a time. In an era of threes, and you would think anyone on that list is going to be, other than like MJ, is going to be, or maybe Kobe, is going to be a, a big who's going to get all those, you know, paint points or someone who could shoot the lights out. DeRozan's just killing it in the mid range, and anyone who wondered how's it going to fit with him and Zach Levine, key, he was, he's been a revelation for the Bulls. Well, it goes back to my theory, as I always say, sometimes change the scenery. Is, is a big deal, right? When you are relaxed and you feel a certain way about being in a p- place in a position around players that can go and play, if you go all the way back to his tenure in Toronto, he was a fantastic player. There was nothing really wrong with DeMar DeRozan. He, they just couldn't get it done and finished off. And then you look at where he was at in San Antonio, wasn't surrounded around a whole lot. It was just one of those deals where I know – 
personally, he 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 didn't want to be in San Antonio, but he was just there because of the trade and it happened, and that's what it was. And then now he is in Chicago, a place that he wanted to be, although he wanted to be in Los Angeles with the Lakers. That didn't work out. So he gets an opportunity to have something new to re-energize himself, and he's just been killing you know, here recently, especially night in and night out over the last week or so, the last week or so of games because it was an all-star yeah. break in between. I, I just remember, like, when they put this team together, when they bring in DeRozan and Lonzo Ball, sometimes you see pieces like Westbrook. You go, how's that going to fit, though, you know? But these pieces, I'm like, oh, hold on. Lonzo, type of dude, whatever you want to say about the daddy, he raised his kids to play winning basketball, right? Like, the way his kids play – it, they don't care about their stats. They'll play de- – like Lonzo will play defense, rebound. He, he's not worried about how many points he's getting, all this kind of stuff. He's trying to he, – you could see his brain working how to help his team win, like at all times. And a pass-first point guard, right, with great floor vision, great passer, all that. You put him next to a two, like DeRozan, who has that crazy mid-range game, and people like thinking him and Zach Levine are redundant. It's not right. Zach Levine's not the create-your-own-shot type who can also set his opponents, his teammates up. He's a, I can bomb for three from three, and I can, I can sky, right? Like, he can jump out the gym. But DeRozan is more of a shot creator and a mid-range guy to go with the three-point shooting and the high-flying of, of Zach Levine. It all just works so well. And now when you look at, at, at they got a big who can really play all facets of the game at a real nice level – Patrick Williams comes back, this is going to be a real good team, Key. It, it is going to be a good team. I'd just be interested to see a game, a seven-game series opposed to one-offs. Mm. You know, one-offs sometimes uh, can screw your mind up, make you think that a team is better than what they truly are. But when you have an opportunity to play on a, in a seven-game stretch against one team and that team only – you know, I'd like to see that against the Nets or see that against Milwaukee or Philly opposed to one-offs because we can go back a, a while ago and I watched them against the Golden State Warriors when Golden State was healthy and they looked like a totally different basketball team than they do today. So I just want to see them play in a series because if that's the case, if they're as good as we might think they are, then they're going to have themselves a nice time in the Eastern Conference Final. Yeah, and the other thing is Patrick Williams. I always look at this team and think, he's so talented. If he can become the best player on this team, which is possible, as many pieces as they have, that to me is the key between going from like a contender to a genuine championship squad. And it could happen. We're going to get more on the Bulls with uh, David Kaplan an hour from now. And by the way, the Suns, too, man. The Suns, when you look at what they've done, it was the same thing a couple years ago. Oh, you bring in CP3 to that mix, right? You already got your lead scorer-type winged guy in Booker, who is like a little mini Mamba-type dude offensively. And then you have all these role, these role players who don't need the ball but can shoot, can legit defend and switch. And then DeAndre Ayton and all those role players took a step forward this year because CP3, till he got hurt, and Booker are the same old, same old, which is great. All the other pieces got better, and now without CP3, they're all stepping up, and and the Suns are still winning. Well, I think if you look at where they were at a year ago, you know the question was what would they be, and then obviously CP3 brings veteran leadership to the floor. Teaches look when you have a veteran player, because Booker is relatively young, DeAndre Ayton is young, 
when you have a veteran player like CP3 that has great everywhere that you can think of, that wise stuff, mm-hmm. he can now teach those young guys how to play basketball. They can take what they learn from him as a basketball player, not as a point guard, but as a basketball player, implement at that into their mental part of the game. And when he's out of the lineup, they could go on and do exactly what they did. Last year when he was out of the lineup, due to the COVID situation, and this year now, due to the injuries, you see what they what they were able to do last night against the Thunder. Yeah, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges both dropped twenty. Is that they had they had three dudes with twenty, and and that's without CP three there. And you knew CP three would have a great effect on DeAndre Ayton. Like it all worked according to plan, but the plan looked good from the beginning. <clears throat> Lakers, <clears throat> you know, like the plan looked like it was going to fit. The pieces were going to fit. Oh, we got we got a lot to get into today, Key. Um, the NBA is on ESPN Radio. Still got to get into Seth Curry, and you hear what he had to say about Ben Simmons after what Danny Green said Seth Curry was feeling about Ben Simmons. NBA is on ESPN Radio. Tune in Sunday as the Suns host the Jazz, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins at 3 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations. How one hire is leaving one of the greatest alums questioning his loyalty to his alma mater. That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio and ESPN2. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit... Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
John J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. It is time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless Key. Art Bryles, hired by Grambling as the offensive coordinator. Um, look, you've said, Key, HBCUs are always a place to give opportunities. <laughs> but to whom are you giving the opportunity? What do you think about this look for Grambling, you know, Hugh Jackson for the program and and you know in terms of the art in terms of the art briles hiring at as as OC. You know, Max, I could go many different ways with this, but I'll start off simply by saying I'm very disappointed in Hugh Jackson. I really I, I really am disappointed in Hugh. Been knowing Hugh for as as long as I can remember as a kid and the whole deal. Really disappointed in Hugh Jackson. When I was asked yesterday on our production call about this hire, and and our producer Evan didn't know which way to go because it's a weird, touchy kind of thing. You you him being a white man asking a black person about a white hire at a historical black college is very strange for him and I and I could feel it in his voice so I had to help him get to a place of where I'm going if you got a coach out there that has the ability to coach do well win games all of those sort of things as a head coach you most likely are going to hire that guy if he has a nice track record on the field but Art Browse does not have a nice track record off the field he was fired from Baylor because he refused to report sexual allegations and misconduct to students and players at Baylor. So, therefore, along with the president, that athletic director himself was terminated and booted from the school. And Hugh Jackson makes a decision after being hired by Gramley, historical black college, to go out and hire this particular individual as his offensive coordinator. On top of that, we'll bring race into it. Okay, it's a black college. Doesn't mean that white coaches can't get the opportunity to go coach at black schools. Because I really don't. It, it doesn't matter. Coach is a coach. But when you are seeing the issues that are out there with black coaches being hired, and then you go and you hire this man and ignore other people that look like you that are looking for opportunities that could do a hell of a job, that's qualified, you make a decision to do this? After all the noise that you talked about Brian Flores and you're supporting Brian Flores? I mean, it's just disappointing to me, man. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that's disappointing. I just have a platform at the top of the morning to discuss this, Max. Well... There's a, there's a, I'm going to read you a quote from Doug Williams to ESPN's John Kime. Before I do, I just want to say there's the added element here when you bring up race. So Art Bryles is incurious, I believe, was the, was the word they used in the report about, about uh, sexual allegations made, assault allegations made to him while he's coach to the point where he loses his job when, when, it's, when they do an internal investigation. Now... 
Hugh Jackson hires him to be his OC at an historical at an HBCU. Yes. What there's the added element of this to me, Key. What is the hot hire right now around football? It's to take the hot shot offensive coordinator. That's the pipeline to head coaching, right? Certainly at the NFL level, but that's what's hot right now in football. And there's there's hard racism, you know, you can't drink at that water fountain type racism like bigots, right? Yeah. And then there's then there's soft racism. And sometimes people aren't even aware of it. Pernicious stereotypes that 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 uh lead people to think a certain way without even realizing it. For example, defense is all, you know, you have to lead men and you're rah-rah type stuff. That's how people feel about it. But offense, it takes a certain kind of sophisticated understanding of nuance and analytics or whatever else, right? Who are those jobs going to? A lot of young, what I noticed in the NFL, for example, white offensive coordinators, and sometimes they're not even coordinators, are made head coaches, Right. That yeah. seems to be the pipeline. And when it's a black offensive coordinator, there seems to be a kind of disbelief that they're actually calling the plays or even designing. Like, it's not really. It's really the head coach, right? <laughs> and so on top of everything you just said, Hugh Jackson here hires a white offensive co- coordinator at an HBCU, but not just any white offensive coordinator, a dude who lost his job yeah, because abso- he didn't. De- it's absolutely. like, what? Here's Doug Williams to ESPN's John Kime. Quote, it certainly put me in a tough situation being a supporter of Grambling football. I don't know Art Bryles, but it doesn't sit well with me. I'm having a problem with it because other schools would not bite on it. Then he's coming to a black school. Like, we'll take them in. I have a problem with it, a major problem with it. I can't support it, that's for sure. That hurt me right to my core there. I know, here it is, I know the late coach Eddie Robinson is turning over right now. And and, and I said that, I said that exact, almost to a T, on our call. And I didn't even go to Gremlin. I said that Doug Williams and Coach Eddie Robinson have got to be just screaming at the top of their lungs. Because you got to be tone deaf in these situations. We get on Urban Meyer when he was hired by the Jacksonville Jaguars, hiring the coach from Iowa because of his history. Just because you time has passed, so to speak, we're supposed to forget what Art Browse did at Baylor. We're supposed to just ignore that. And act as though, oh, okay, time has passed. You know, everybody deserves a second chance. All all wounds will get healed. It, no. It does not work like that. That is not the way the world works, man. Especially, Max, in these situations. You know, Doug Williams is not supporting his program. This should be a wake-up call to Hugh Jackson. Like, it should be a wake-up call. This is probably, if in, in my estimate, in my eyes, the, the the most famous Grambling football player that comes to mind. A former coach there. I mean, like, I, I just, it just sits with me the wrong way. And, and Hugh, 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 he should know better, man. I, I don't care what nobody say. He should know better. It does seem that second and third and fourth opportunities are afforded. It seems, this is anecdotal, right? But it But if you look at the number of, black head coaches in the NFL, for example, that supports 
this kind of anecdotal evidence. But Hell, it, college! It, yeah, right, college too. It does seem that white coaches get a whole bunch of chances and second and third and fourth chances where black coaches are wording, waiting for their first chance. So well, it wait, must tell. be particularly <laughs> galling for Doug Williams, who became an historical figure because he won the Super Bowl, black quarterback won the Super Bowl, to look back at his alma mater and say, wait a minute. What are a you dude doing? Without, with all these dudes who don't even have first chances at an HBCU, my alma mater, you not only hire a white OC, okay, whatever, as Key just said, that could happen, but that white OC? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, it's it, it's got to it, be you, going. It, it, look, it's, like I said, I could go a million different ways in this, Max, right? We could spend four hours having this conversation, and we can go so many different ways. On top of that, here's a guy in Eric Bieniemy who had some – questionable things in his past go on when he was a college player and coach. And now he can't even get a sniff at a job, but here you are empowering somebody that we all know got fired for his behavior and lack thereof at Baylor. And we, as Doug Williams said, as a black historical black college made a decision because the head coach and athletic director said, okay, we're getting ready to hire Art Browse because they think that it's going to help their program become better. Hey. Now, I could go even further. You're going to listen to him when he's out recruiting your kid to come to that university? I don't think so. I don't think that he's going to be able to walk into the living rooms of these kids and tell them, hey, Grambling is great. You should come to Grambling and play football for me. You don't think their parents, they got mothers and daughters and things of that nature going to be sitting there looking at him sideways? They're going to know what happened at Baylor. Like, did you ever think at all, Hugh Jackson, that these sort of things were going to come up at some point in time? The only justification he could possibly have is this dude was a successful head coach. I think he's really great, and it's going to make us really great. But – like he if that was the thinking if that was the thinking or it's his people's you know like that's my dude and I'm gonna hook him up and give him a second chance because I'm a loyal friend right but if that's what he's thinking let me tell you something right now they better win a whole lot and that offense better look great (laughs) I mean if you set it up like this don't have a sorry offense you're not allowed and you better win Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. Get back to the NFL with a former MVP looking for a new contract and doing it in a, a very different way. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. 
Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, your smart speaker. Download the podcast. See, check us out on ESPN, too. Just keying me today. Jay got the day off. I'll tell you what, Key. Lamar Jackson's been uh, extension eligible, eligible for over a year, and he's doing it without an agent. It's it's a situation that is, uh, I don't know if it's under the radar or not, but it's interesting to me because, well, let's listen to Adam Schefter on the Ari Mayrov show on what makes Lamar's extension talks unique. Basically, Lamar Jackson's his own agent. And so to me, you know, if I'm my own agent, I'm making sure that my deal gets done, um, especially with the way that he plays, right? Like, I'd be, I'd be real leery about stepping out of the football field until I had my deal was done. And I, and I think Baltimore is absolutely interested in extending him. And I think the reason it hasn't gotten extended is because Lamar uh, has been more interested in playing football and doing whatever he does. And so, you know, at some point, uh, to me, it's in his best interest to sit down and get that deal done. Uh, that would be my, if I were Lamar Jackson, that would be my off-season priority and make sure that I don't step foot on a football field again uh, until I have one of those lucrative new contracts that puts me in line. Uh, with these higher-paid quarterbacks in the league. That's me. But his life, and he can do what he wants. One thing at a time, Key. First, is he right? Should Lamar not step back out onto a field till the extension's done? You know, you can look at it a couple different ways. From my point of view, right, this is a lot of money that we could potentially be talking about, you know, several hundred millions of dollars. Um, Stay off the field, Lamar. What was that? But – 
I'm the type of person, I guess I have to look at it from my point of view. I'm the type of person that if you look me in the eyes and you tell me that you're going to do something and you're going to make sure no matter what it gets taken care of, then I have to trust that. That's how I am. You take a leap of faith. I take a little bit of leap of faith. uh, Steve Bashotti, the owner, Ozzie Newsom is there as the overseer. He's not the general manager anymore, but he's around. So, and he drafted Lamar. And if they're having this conversation like I'm having with you to the point, okay, we need to work some stuff out, but mini camps is coming up and, th- and they haven't worked it out. And they're saying, no matter what, we're going to take care of you. And you can look them in the eyes and believe that. Then you, you trust that. Now, what Adam says, he shouldn't step on the field. I personally wouldn't step on the field when the season starts. Many camps and things of that nature, I can look at them and have a conversation with them and, and be safe and feel secure based on that conversation. Now, hopefully, Lamar has that with Steve Bashadi, the owner of the Ravens, that he can feel comfortable going to many camps and things of that nature. I mean, I hear you, Key, and I, I admire I, I know, that. No, 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 I because, know. because football really asks you to take a leap of faith, to be great, I, like I greatness in football. But, Key, hundreds of millions on the line? I'm sorry, brother. I ain't going doing nothing until the I, I get dry. it, but, you know, certain owners, man, you just you just a leap of faith with certain owners. And Steve Bashadi seems like the type of guy that would understand the deal isn't getting done, but we need our quarterback out there for practice. Let's uh, bring a former GM, our GM, as I like to call him, and agent also, Mike Tannenbaum, into this conversation, our NFL front office insider. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Hey. Did you hear what Key just said, Mike? He said that if you look the owner in the eyes and he's the kind of guy you can trust, you can take a leap of faith, and whether you don't play a regular season game, but you can start doing physical stuff on the field with the team, if they assure you that they are going to take care of you in the contract, they just got to iron out details. If it were me, hundreds of millions, and I got to see the ink on the contract, brother. I'm sorry. What? what how do? Where do you come down on all this, Mike? Now, I, I'm with Key, especially like when you get close to the end, where you're just crossing T's and dotting I's, or you know, depending on where you are in the negotiation, that, that probably happens max more than you think. There's a lot of good faith that goes on, and certainly with Lamar Jackson, like. Not only are the Ravens a first-class organization, Steve Bashai has been a great owner for a long time, but you talk about Lamar Jackson, one of the you know bright young stars of our game, a MVP, you're going to want to make sure that everything's done the absolute the right way because your whole locker room is going to watch to see how it unfolds. So the, the other part of this, guys, and I want, I, I'm very curious about this. He Lamar Jackson doesn't have an agent, right? He has his mother as I understand it, and some attorneys who key, you know, work on, I, I guess, I suppose, a flat fee like, like you know, attorneys do. Probably. And, and I'm, I'm wondering from your point of view, Key, first, like, is that – it seems to me an experienced agent understands ins and outs and nuances of the league in, that they're dealing with where you prop like, if it's me, I also want that, even if it costs me a percentage over time and it's a lot of money – more than just my mother who's looking out for my interests as well as she can, of course, and, and, like, and like attorneys who understand the legalese of it all. Is it a good idea to do what he's doing, do you think? Here's what I would say. I, I'll, 
Yeah, it, it's fine. And why it's fine is because he's already with the organization. He's not looking to move to another organization, go anywhere else. He's not a free agent, so to speak. So when you say you would like to have an agent who knows the nuances and workings of the league, yeah, if I'm a free agent, yes. But if I'm with a team and I'm their franchise quarterback, I'm only dealing with the Ravens. I'm not dealing with the Green Bay Packers or the or the Seattle Seahawks or the Las Vegas Raiders or the Rams or the Chargers. I'm only dealing with the team. So the nuances of understanding the deal is all really, for the most part, in the structure of the deal. We already know economically he's going to be one of the top-paid uh, quarterbacks. We look at the other four deals that was recently done. We use that as a measuring stick, how much money is guaranteed, all of those sort of things. And in terms of from a legal standpoint, the NFL PA, when they, when, and Mike can speak to this, when a contract is done, the contract is sent into both the league office and the NFL PA. The NFL PA is going to look at that deal. And they have somebody at the NFL PA who is a salary cap type guy who can look at all the different stuff to make sure the deal is done right before it's even signed off on. And your lawyers, are probably smart enough to understand forfeiture language, understand how to move things around, not the numbers, but the protection clauses that are in these contracts, Mike. Yeah. And, Key, just to build on what you're saying, a couple thoughts. First of all, over 20 years, I hated dealing in these situations where a player didn't have an agent. There's a reason there are agents because – during those conversations, you're not going to agree on every point. It's just the way it is. Like, that doesn't mean you don't want to get the deal done. That doesn't mean you don't care about the player and value his contributions. But not everything goes smoothly every step of the way in a negotiation. And that's why an agent takes some of the, what I would say, personal rhetoric back, you know, out of things. And it keeps it professional. And things get filtered back to the client. So not everything is taken so personal. So first of all... I hate that dynamic. Secondly, I think what's interesting about Lamar Jackson, Key, I agree, the average per year is easy. It's 40, 41 million, 42. That part is easy. You look at the most recent deals, the average per year is pretty clear on what he should get. But the guarantees to me is the more interesting discussion. His play style is what it is. Ball's in his hands a lot. He got, he's been hurt. It's likely he could be hurt in the future. I'm sure what the club's going to say, guys, is, hey, the guaranteed money, we want to hedge our bet a little bit. I'm sure Lamar Jackson's lawyer or himself is going to say, no, I want as much guaranteed money as possible because I'm doing this to help us win. And I think that's where the disagreement's going to happen if there is one. And then, as you said, there is the NFLPA. They do a great job. They have a very robust salary cap monitoring department. So I think that standpoint will be okay. But to me, if we were observing this negotiation, how much was guaranteed, when it would be guaranteed, would be probably the most interesting discussion. Yeah, that, that's the part that I, that I touch on is present value is important, as you know, Mike, when it comes to dealing in these deals. You, you know, getting paid over the signing bonus paid over a year versus three years like the NFL owners like to do. They like to break it all the way down, Max. You know, when you see a signing bonus of $60 million, they're not walking in and writing a check for $60 million. They're going to give you 20 one year. Mike knows this, 20 another year. Then they're going to try to break it down, give you 10 another year. Ten. A, they'll stretch that thing out as long as possible. All the present value type of things and the guaranteed money up front is the important sticking points in these type of negotiations. But, but what, what, what Mike T. just said, Key, which is interesting to me,
is he didn't like to deal with like you would my I, I think a lot of people would think like me the gut reaction is oh the GM is going to love this because you can take advantage of the other side when they're inexperienced but in fact the GM doesn't like it because in their experience when you're having professional conversations with someone's mom right like there's no way for that person who not only is looking out for the interest but loves the person they're representing to not hear things maybe there's not i shouldn't say there's not there's no way but it's likely that they will hear certain things as insulting or as confrontational or oppositional and they're maybe less likely to serve as a buffer between that stuff getting to the player you know instead of instead of instead of transmitting all the information back to the player, which you'd think like a relative might do or someone who's less experienced, an agent knows what not to tell the client, right? What not because uh, I don't want to sour the relationship. For a host of reasons that wouldn't occur to me right away, that illuminated it for me, Mike, why it may not be a great idea to have to not have an agent, an experienced agent, representing Lamar in this situation. Right. Yeah, and I think that's the right word. It's buffer, Max. I I agree with that characterization. And going back to Key's point, which is, again, the average per year to me is easy. It's going to be the guarantees that are really hard to figure out because the player is going to want the guarantees later in the contract. And, guys, just to bring this conversation forward, right now, look at the Cowboys situation. Amari Cooper, $20 million, non-guaranteed. Demarcus Lawrence, $19 million, non-guaranteed. Zeke Elliott, $12.4 $12.4 million, fully guaranteed. And that could be the difference between Zeke Elliott being a Cowboy and Lawrence or Cooper possibly getting cut or traded. So when the money is guaranteed, how much is guaranteed is hugely consequential. And the battle for Lamar Jackson would be when is it guaranteed and how much it is. And the fact that he's been you know nicked up a little bit, uh, certainly got hurt last year, that is going to be something that the Ravens are going to be concerned about. Now, how they articulate it, they have to be very careful, especially because there is no agent. So, okay, guys, you, you, you bring up Mike. You brought up he's been remarkably durable, by the way, Lamar Jackson until this season, where he was playing without his whole team and carrying them. He, I thought he was amazing, before, you know, before he got banged up. Josh Allen just got paid two hundred fifty-eight million, one hundred fifty guaranteed, forty-three average annual, which was second to Mahomes at forty-five, and. Josh Allen uses his legs, as does Lamar Jackson. But it does occur to me that – not forget about injury for a second. I know that's part of it, but legs will age worse than arms usually, right? Like, and, and if a lot of your game is predicated on your speed, which Josh Allen's fast, he runs, but he ain't Lamar Jackson fast. If a lot of your game is predicated on your speed, that's not, you would think, going to age the same way. Or you might look at it differently and think, well – he has more time to kind of develop his arm. Like there's more upside there because he's already this good. And as time goes on, he'll get more experience, better in the pocket, et cetera, et cetera. So as his legs leave, he'll have more shelf life. There are different ways of looking at it. But I'm just curious. Yeah. Um, I, actually, Key, I want to start with you, and then I want the, the, the GM to answer this. Who should, who should get paid more, Lamar or Josh Allen? Like should Lamar look at, at Josh Allen's contract and say, that's the one? Well, of course, you look at Josh Allen's deal and you look at it as a measuring stick, and then you go from there. There's no question about it. Uh, Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is doing more with less. He has no Stephon Diggs. Okay, let's be honest with each other. Um, 
Josh Allen is a terrific player. Uh, he's gone to an AFC championship game. Lamar, he's won a couple playoff games. Lamar Jackson's been an MVP. He's won a playoff game. He's won the division a couple times, so to speak. So when you start to look at that and you're trying to compare based on different teams and abilities, all of a sudden, Brian Dable isn't there anymore. Does it mean that Josh Allen is going to regress? Uh, Statistically, they're going to be about the same on par with each other. You know, give or take here or there. Lamar Jackson's not going to have nearly the passing yards that Josh Allen is because they're in a two different type of situations and systems. And the teams are asking them to do similar things, but not quite the same. And he's the next guy up. So with all that being said, it ends when I am the next guy up. Mike? Yeah, this is such an interesting conversation because if I'm the Buffalo Bills just starting there, guys, I'm scared to death about watching Josh Allen play. He's a big man. He has a big hitting surface. He is strong. He is fast. But he is not elusive. He's going to take big hits. And, guys, if we just flew in to planet Earth today and we looked at Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Ben Roethlisberger, I think all three of us would say, oh, Roethlisberger, look the way he's walking. He's got to be the oldest. And look at his play style. For years at the Jets and the Dolphins, Ben Roethlisberger was so hard to tackle. He was big and rugged, but it obviously caught up to him a lot faster than the way Rodgers or Brady played. And to me, when you look at Josh Allen, he's a young Ben Roethlisberger. And now, look, he should have a great run five, six, seven years in Buffalo, but his play style would scare me. And that's why with Lamar, again, average per year, I'm okay, 40, 41, 42. Look, on a $200 million cap, a million dollars is not consequential to make your star quarterback happy. But again, I would be concerned about the guaranteed money. Um, He did miss games last year. And again, it's his play style that I'm sure that's what Baltimore is saying. There is a deal to get done here, but that's certainly the conversation they're having. It's interesting what you just said again changed my thinking, Mike, because it's like almost like the curse of the gifted. The dude who can run fast and jump high and do all that stuff sometimes doesn't put in the same work as a dude who can't because he doesn't have to. That's why when you get the dude who can do all that and works like he can't, those are the greatest of a Michael Jordan, LeBron James, you know, who, you, you know the list goes on of, of those kind of guys, and it ain't as long as the list of the other kind of guys. So I hear what you're saying about Josh Allen. It's interesting. It's sort of like the curse of the gifted. Because you are big, strong, and rugged and mobile, you're, you can take more hits, and so you do, and so as a result, your career is shorter, right? Interesting. Because until then, I would say I would pay Josh Allen more simply because I've now seen it this last season – he became, to me, the kind of passer of the football in the playoffs where I said, oh, you can win a Super Bowl doing that. Although Lamar did it in the regular season. I haven't seen it in the playoffs to that level, but he had some great games in the regular season. That's an interesting comparison. Keyshawn J. Willemax is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. All right, guys, let's go back to the guy who uh, looks like he's about to be the highest paid player in the league.
Brian Guttenkunst, Packers GM at the press conference, asked about a hypothetical. Listen to, listen to the question, too, about Rodgers demanding a trade. Listen to the, to the, the way the question's phrased in Guttenkunst's response. If Aaron comes to you and says he, he wants a trade, are, are you going to be any more willing to trade him than you were last offseason, or are you still saying you're not trading him? Yeah, no, Matt, we're, those are kind of some hypotheticals. I don't think we're going to go down those roads right now. We're working together. We're not uh, putting deadlines on anything. Again, there are some timing things that will come into play where we will have to make decisions down the road. But, he's, but Aaron's well aware of that, and, and like, like I said, the communication has been very good. How much is are you, as GM, for him to make a decision? Yeah, like I said, the earlier the better. So, Mike, Guttenkunst doesn't want to take that hypothetical because it puts him in opposition to Aaron Rodgers, right? What if he says he wants this and you say no? And he, he doesn't want to start painting that picture in Rodgers' mind like he's against them or they're fighting against each other. But you can answer that hypothetical. Why, why don't you take that hypothetical, Mike? What happens if Rodgers goes to them and says that and they say no? Yeah, uh, Max, we've had this conversation before. I am not trading it to the NFC. You're a Green Bay Packer. You're going to retire, or we'll trade you to Denver or maybe one other AFC team. But there is no way you want to talk about the Saints, any of these other teams. There's no way we're trading you. San Francisco, not happening. Even if I gave you three ones, Mike, and, and, and some players in return, and I wowed you, you wouldn't, you wouldn't move me to the NFC? Nope, nope, and nope. Key, we're trying to get to the Super Bowl. Worst case scenario for us. It's not, not us getting to the Super Bowl, but you getting a Super Bowl with a team in our conference. We have a really good team. We're dreaming that you want to stay here. If you don't, then we'll, we'll trade you, but to the AFC. Jimmy G just got past Aaron Rodgers. I can't believe how scared you are of a guy coming back to haunt you. It's ridiculous. The argument goes on. Back to this conversation in a little bit. Keyshawn J. Willemax, ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Matt's The Podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.